catching, catching, catching. It's all anyone wants to talk about on Twitter. It's coming up in mentions. It's coming up in tweets. It's coming up in the rare rumor that pops up with the Cleveland Guardians. It's time to address those rumors, circle back around and discuss more catchers because catchers make the Cleveland Guardians rumor mill go round on today's Locked on Guardians. You are Locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. I one of the co-hosts here of Lockdown Guardians, Jeff Ellis. Uh, before you make fun of me, yes, I am wearing a tie-dye shirt, but my five-year-old daughter made it for me. So I know there's going to be someone in the comments who decides to be a yerk because it happens every time. So I'm just going to address it ahead of time hit it early uh something the cleveland guardians did all year and something the cleveland guardians catchers did not do this year uh, if you're not familiar with me i've been a writer at many a place and uh, as i mentioned on friday's show i was voted most likely to play in a world series uh, at one point in my lifetime i don't think it's going to happen unfortunately but hey sometimes you win world series sometimes you get immediately fired after winning them justin why don't you let him know about uh, your bona fides well, I have never been voted to do anything in my life. No one's ever cast a vote for me in any sort of way. I don't think uh, if they did somewhere, I'm sure it wasn't a good thing. Uh, I do lots of writing currently at GuardiansBaseballInsider.com. I've got a lot more writing stuff coming up. I uh, just had some stuff in the News Herald, the Morning Journal, where I'm still freelancing and used to be a full-timer back when I thought it was a good decision to become a writer. And then many other Cleveland baseball blogs, uh, before that and during that stretch. So we discussed many things beforehand. Uh, we will talk about James Click today because it's ridiculous. But first, let's talk about my favorite baseball writer. Bonus points to anyone at this point uh, in the show. Put in the show notes that it is uh, two minutes in and write which writer I'm writing about. Uh, I writer. found out writer. Uh, by the way, again, I will point out uh, Jim ba- Odin, who I just found out I am no longer blocked by. Got his job because he was roommates with the owner's son of the Pittsburgh Pirates at the time. That's that's how you college roommate, you know, luck into it. Uh, and then, you know, you can look at the international signing scandal with the Nationals. You can look at the time he deleted his profile after he got accused of stealing someone else's inside information that turned out was a bad tweet. And I want to point that out. This is someone who is such an insider. He had to delete his whole Twitter account once because he got rolled with bad advice back before anyone could buy a blue check mark and make that a lot easier and didn't double check and just decided to copy. Didn't get, you know, it was just, he straight stole it like this. It became a national story and his account disappeared for a while. Uh, one Jim Bowden Bowden. I don't care. Uh, who said, I'm going to read this whole tweet. Chris Antonetti hashtag guardians told us that Shane Bieber will not be traded and will be a part of their team in 2023 as expected. When asked if he's closer to acquiring Sean Murphy, hashtag athletics, or Alejandro Kirk, hashtag Blue Jays, he suggested we ask them, dot, dot, dot. They trying to add a catcher and a bat, which I feel like is him trying to sound, um, like, youthful. Uh, End of the day, smoke never escapes the Guardians. Chris Antonetti is never going to give away any details. Nothing is completely off the table at any time for this team. If a team walked up with the right deal, I do not think they're going to look to trade Shane Bieber. 
But if a team walked up tomorrow with a deal they valued, there is nobody on this roster outside of Jose because he has a no trade that they would not trade. So, and then again, the source. And then again, this organization doesn't let anything out. Uh, when teams were sharing data a year ago about what was happening at alternate sites, they were one of like three teams who refused to share any data. They don't share a darn thing. This is BS. Like, I hate to just say it out there. It's BS. Uh, I'll give Justin a chance to to comment in a second here because I know people get mad at me for talking too long. I want to make one more final comment here. Alejandro Kirk, why would Toronto trade him? You go back to when Shapiro ran things in Cleveland. Martinez to Santana, he valued an offensive catcher. Uh, it, he's not going to trade him for, unless it's something that helps the team significantly now. Uh, Moreno doesn't make any sense for Cleveland to add because catchers have a higher bust rate than starters. Yes, he was good in his very small sample size last year. It is not a simple road for development. Cleveland doesn't need two unknowns behind the plate. They're not going to trade Kirk. They're just not. They're going to end up trading Jansen. It's a lot of smoke for them to eventually trade Jansen. And I don't think Jansen's necessarily the fit for Cleveland. Do I think Cleveland's going to pursue a catcher? Absolutely. I still think it's Murphy. I don't see... I don't, I don't see Kirk moving, and I don't see Cleveland having an interest in Moreno because they want a known, not an unknown. Flip it to you. Yeah, well, I've got more things to say in the blue check thing, but we can save that for later. I just <laughs> I, I want to keep talking about Twitter every day just because it's a great test in media literacy right now. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't even listen to the audio. I saw the tweet, and I didn't even bother. I don't know if the audio is out there anywhere. If I could listen to it, I would. But um, when he talked about – when Bowden asked him about, you know, are you any closer to trading for Kirk or Murphy? I can almost guarantee you, Anthony probably laughed when he was saying, oh, I don't know, you, you should probably ask those guys and, and gave like one of those, you know, smiles or laughs or, you know, you can probably hear it through the audio. He was smiling when he said that. Cause that's how they all respond. That's how all their front office guys respond to that stuff. And we've told you time and time again, other podcasts have told you time and time again, you cannot read tea leaves of interviews with, with the front office, especially the front office, um, especially in the off season, you know, you just keep, there's no, there's no uh, cup. There's nothing, there's no Hogwarts teacher that exists. That's going to be able to teach you to, to read that stuff. You can, can t- you know, I think during the season, you could kind of like break down what they're saying and try to make sense of it. Um, but that's when stuff's going on. Like there's players playing and there's players moving right now. It's a dead period and nothing's happening. First of all, None of this is happening before Tuesday. Let's be honest here. None of this, the only thing that's going to be happening in the next 48 hours is going to be who they decide to put on the 40-man roster and who they decide to, sh- to make to take off of it and if they trade anybody. That's all that's going to be happening. And that and those trades are not going to involve Sean Murphy or Alejandro Kirk or Danny Jansen or anybody. It's not going to involve anybody that, that big. Second of all, okay, I, I will say this. Last year there was some smoke not coming from Cleveland that they were at least interested in Alejandro Kirk. It was coming from another source. So um, like I said, we always say this when the rumor, when there was a rumor coming out, it always stands to benefit somebody, right? It always stands to, I mean, Bowden is the one asking Chris Anthony this question. So, so Chris Anthony is not starting a rumor on, on an interview with Jim Bowden. He's not starting an interview or starting a rumor with an interview with, with the, I don't know who who is the best. I don't know Jeff Passan. He's doing an interview with Jeff Passan. He's not starting a rumor with Jeff Passan. Okay, it's not none of this stuff is leading to anything. Jim Bowden. I'll give Jim Bowden credit for this. He asked a very good question. I don't know how he framed the question, but instead of saying, "Hey, are you guys any closer to acquiring a catcher?" 
he said, are you closer to acquiring Murphy or Kirk? Like he had, he gave him, you know, uh, an option to, to say one of the two versus, you know, a yes or no question. Right. So I'll give him credit for that. Cause I'm sure that's a better way to frame the question. And sometimes I get mad about how, uh, media people in a phrase a question to get a bad answer out of it. But um, yeah, he's not starting that rumor. I know there was some smoke last year about them being interested in Kirk. I think there is belief they're interested in Kirk, um, whether it's now or whether it was back then, I don't know. Um, so I will say, I, I kind of believe that aspect of it. At least they're interested, but the Cleveland Toronto fit is really weird. Toronto's in a weird spot. They don't need prospects. Cleveland probably wants to trade prospects. I know someone's going to say, well, give him Plesak or give him Savali. That's not going to get it done. Not for Alejandro Kirk, not for Danny Jansen, not for Gabriel Moreno. It makes no sense for Cleveland to trade for Gabriel Moreno because he is an unknown right now at the big league level. You're not going to pair. You're not going to pair an unknown prospect with Bo Naylor. You're either getting a backup and letting him take the reins, or you're getting a Sean Murphy where he can show him the reins and they can play in a tandem together. And I guess Alejandro Kirk would work in that respect, but the only way I can see them being interested in Kirk is if they feel like Sandy Alomar could work with him on, cause his pop time was horrible last year. And I know we keep harping on it. I know I keep harping on it, but pop time is going to matter next year with this new pickoff rule. You need a catcher catcher who can help you control the run game. Cleveland had a lot of pitchers last year who had a hard time, you know, helping out Austin Hedges control the run game. And that includes the bullpen. Um, so Toronto for any of these catchers, Toronto is going to want a big league return. They're going to want a, a starting pitcher, a relief arm. Um, you could say 99, maybe in one of those trades, but it's, it, it's going to have to be part of a bigger deal. But Toronto doesn't need prospects. They don't want prospects. Cleveland only guys Cleveland wants to trade are like Savali or play or, uh, maybe 99, you know, maybe an Owen Miller, but those are end of the bench guys. Those are end of the, end of the rotation guys. They're not, I mean, you can even say there's going to be a premium on pitching through trades this year because there will be, and that might inflate police acts value a little bit, but not to the point where you're going to get Kirk or Moreno or Johnson, uh, Jansen, not one for one. Um, again, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think Jansen makes sense for Cleveland in a vacuum. I think the problem is he, because of the market, his value is going to be so high in a trade that it's not going to be worth what you trade for him to be a backup to Bo Naylor you know, the, the, re- the return is going to be so high. So I can buy the Kirk stuff, but I also wouldn't buy it from Jim Bowden and I wouldn't buy it from that interview. Um, I'd say I would take absolutely nothing from any interview Chris Anthony does. And I sure as heck wouldn't take it from a Jim Bowden interview. And this goes along with the Twitter blue check thing. I'm sorry. If you buy a Twitter blue check, if you do not show your face or a name, a real name behind your Twitter account, and you are trying to say, sources say, rumors rumors of this happening, you're not real. I'm not taking you seriously. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. I'm not trying to punch down. I'm just saying, if you want to be taken legitimately for any of this stuff, you know, you have to put a face behind it. You have to be um, have some credibility, and those guys don't. And, and you know, we know who Jim Bowden is, and those radio, radio shows and radio interviews are, are for – entertainment purposes anyway. So that's my, my long monologue. We've both had a, a very long monologue about Jim Bowden and Toronto catchers in Cleveland to start the show today. Yeah. And I just, I'm going to put a little dot on it and just say this, please and Zavale have value. I get why people are trying to get, move them. And I get why, you know, it comes up with Cleveland, but they're also willing to move them for a reason. 
And I think their value increases the longer the season goes. It's actually a deep free agent pitching market this year as opposed to last year. You know, I've seen lists where Thor is 15th in terms of pitcher ranking, not just, you know, a is 15th. And he's, I would argue, on an open market, more valuable than the players Cleveland has. So, you know, it, Cleveland is probably better off, and it's not what fans want to hear, waiting. Right. You need supply and demand right now. There is a lot of supply and there's a lot of demand. And yes, what will happen is some of the supply will go away. Demand typically for pitching stays about the same or if someone has a need, then it's going to increase. But right now they have maybe the like 20th and 21st most interesting pitcher on the market. And that's not going to allow you to make any deal. So I just want to kind of put that in as we talk about this idea. And what does Cleveland do? When, whenever Cleveland does make a move, Jeff, what do they do? They wait. They, they wait, wait back, and they wait for the market to come to them. They set their, their value on players, and if they don't get it, they don't make the move. They don't make the signing. They, They're crocodiles. For, for, for better or for worse, yeah, for better or for worse, they wait the market out. Yeah. And if the market comes to them, they, 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 they jump. And if the market doesn't come to them, they sit in the water, and they try again later. Yeah. For I better or for like worse, what it is. Yeah, it's. I mean, isn't that like a crocodile will just kind of sit there, wait all day slowly, and then pounce when something gets close? Like, that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Speaking of pouncing, I'm going to pounce on this opportunity to take our first ad break, talk about one of the fantastic sponsors that keeps this show going, and that is one of our Rushmore sponsors, is our good friends over at Bet Online. Uh, if you could place betting odds on when Cleveland would make their first move, I would tell you right now, wait for the one that says November, or for November, December. Cleveland doesn't do anything before December. And I tell you, Bet Online would know that because they are your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. We got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which apparently you do if you're listening to this, you'll find those on Bet Online, Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online where the game starts. And uh, again, you know, I want to say that it is always fun to go there and look at the odds, the chances, how we think things are going to line up for next year. I recommend it as I am not someone who gambles. I'll be very honest about that, but I still use it as an informational site. And I think, you know, it's an evergreen site for a lot of uses that way. So go check out our friends at bet online. Jeff, what do you think the odds were on, a World Series winning team firing their GM or letting their GM go. Uh, the odds would have been for that. Zero, because from what I understood, the only time that has ever happened was a, was it maybe a Yankees GM? I'm blanking, but he quit. Like there was a GM who won, and then either his contract was up and he left, or you know essentially quit. And I I mean I know one he quit he left. It was it was a decision to leave. This was not Click's decision to leave. He was basically told hey, you can come back on another one year deal. And he told him to shove it. And uh, I think he earned the right to say shove it. And if I was a team um, right now, like, like if you're the Tigers, no offense to everyone, they bought it. Like, okay, honestly, no, ignore that. If I'm Sherman with Kansas City, I'm like, forget the in-house guy that I kept from a team that has failed to draft, develop, internationally scout and develop. I don't want my in-house guy when they have done had high draft picks since the world series and failed to do anything in multiple high picks because of players lost to free agency 
let's go get James Click. Like I would be if I'm Sherman, I'm I'm making that phone call now. Yeah, I, I, that guy. Any any team that doesn't have an established GM that's not on the hot seat or that hasn't made the playoffs that needs to make the playoffs that needs to get a win. Um, James Click did not build the team in Houston. Let's be honest about that. It's not like he was part of the the international signing development and trade uh, some trades. Yes, but. Um, he steered a ship through a scandal. I mean, give him credit for that, right? He got in there and um, kind of kept things afloat, going right, and got him back, and they won this year. And I don't think you can say that this one's tainted. I don't know. I guess we had that whole argument weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. I don't know if it's tainted, but it's definitely not the same as it ever will be. But, I mean, give the guy credit. He, he steered them through a storm. Um, there should be no reason, unless there's, like, something going on behind the scenes, which – doesn't sound like it. There'd be reporting coming out that, that, you know, click did something that he got a one year deal. And that tells me they're interested in somebody else. I'm thinking it's David Stearns. That's why people think it's David Stearns. But um, also, can we stop bootlicking owners, please? It's so gross. I'm sorry for as good of owners. as I I think the Dolans are good owners, maybe outside or anything money related. And we can argue about, well, I really don't want to get in the payroll because I'm sure no one just killed our mentions. You just, you just. <sighs> All right, and- money aside, from a st- from a stability <laughs> standpoint, and you know, cult, it seems like there's a good culture in Cleveland, from what we can see from the outside. I mean, there's always things you don't know. There's things that have happened that we didn't know about. Um, but I will say, I'll, I'll give the Dolans credit for that. But I'm not going to be, you know, kissing anybody's ring over anything. Like, I'm sorry, that's just bad practice. It makes you look, it makes you look uncredible and like shill. And it's, yeah, it's. We need to stop doing this. Uh, and I hate when I hate the World Series. I hate I hate I hate sports championship celebrations where they start with the owner instead of like the players or the manager or the GM. Like, congratulations on your money. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but congratulations yeah, just, what to being born like, wealthy more often than you know, not. Too yeah. not even like congratulations on what you've done. It's congratulations you were born into a family that's had money for generations or congratulations you were handed this team that your father bought like it's never yeah yeah well i guess that goes for the dolans too i guess but that's not really what my point was for them but um yeah just a slap in the face to offer the guy i understand you may be interested in david stearns but that's brutal business and and if i'm david stearns i don't know if i want to work for jim crane right because that's pretty shady that's pretty underhanded to the do that and you know he kind of went out of his way to throw the last gm under the bus and kind of try to make it even though it seemed pretty apparent that crane kind of knew what was going on with the cheating like that it was but he very much used lunlo uh as a scapegoat and uh, you know i think the other thing too is just to point out a year ago houston barely made the playoffs like they just limped in and you know some savvy moves were made uh, to get that team to have a little more depth and to have some pieces. And yeah, Click was a short-term guy, but he also comes from a, a solid background. And, you know, I think I think he'd be a good candidate. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. Crane just looks like a... Uh, I'll just, I'll be nice. He, you know, he's just, he, he does not look... I mean, like I said, everything came out before. He just does, does not seem like a stand-up individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's yeah, as good as you can put it. I don't think we need to put more words into that whole thing. Um, I, I can't imagine working for someone like that. I know there's only 30 GM jobs in baseball. Um, 
everybody wants to work in sports. Everybody wants to work as a GM, but you know, in the contract, I don't know what you, what are, I don't know what GMs make. I know the contract was like 1 million. Maybe that's good for a GM. I don't actually know. I don't but, think uh, it is. It's not. Okay. I, I, I nobody ever discloses those things. So, uh, I don't know, that can't be right. The, okay. So the five highest GMs, according to this, Ryan Cashman at 3 million, Mike Rizzo at 2.5, Dan Duquette at 2 million. This is outdated. Uh, John Mulzak when, was about 2 million. This is from 2016. Mm-hmm. 2016. So, you so know the, the report was he was offered 1 million, I think. So that's, yeah. you know, a below, below market value for a World Series winning GM, yes. no matter yes. how little or much he had to do with it. So that, uh, that tells you, I don't know. I value stability, I guess. That's just me. I know people are going to say, well, I'd like to win a World Series too, but yeah. Click also, did, like we said, click, on the other side of things, Click also didn't uh, build 90% of that team. He was, you know, brought in some some players, but the core of that team was already assembled when he got there. His job was to just uh, steer the ship and get back on a good path and stay out of the, 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 P, the bad PR area, and he did that, but yeah, still, what a slap in the face. I, I I went on Twitter and I was like, there's there's gotta be like a very, very low number. And I think uh somebody pointed out to me, and this is this makes all the sense in the world too, that um David Griffin, who was the GM of the Cavs, I think it was a year later, it wasn't it wasn't like right after they won the NBA finals in twenty sixteen that he was let go. It was the season following that. But I'm like, yeah, I just don't know many many coaches or GMs that are fired after winning a championship and it's a very small number. I feel like that's not a good list to be on, right? That can't be a good list to be on no matter who you are. Yeah. Well, it's like the only thing I could think of in baseball was like, you know, going back to segment one, uh, the Toronto blue Jays. I remember when Alex Anthopoulos, part of the reason he supposedly was fired, even though that blue Jays team made it to the ALCS, right? That's where Cleveland knocked him off. Uh, was because they traded too many prospects and they hadn't, you know, there was concerns about the future and they didn't like how it was built. And I mean, you go back now and, you know, he's got a World Series ring in his second landing spot. So that is literally the last time I can think of someone kind of being far along, let alone winning at all and then getting fired uh, was AA with Toronto. And again, that was an ALCS loser, not a winner, right? An ALCS loser who it was a pretty strip barren minors. Like after that, uh, the guys hit free agency. The core was like, was Edwin and was it Jose Batiste? No. Who was the other piece? Was it Batiste? That left? That left? No, it was like the, the centerpiece when that team was good before they fell apart. Was it Batista with Edwin? Don- Donaldson. Donaldson was there. Okay. Yeah. You know, they had like a few, but it's like, yeah, it was just... I mean, that core was falling apart. So, like, at least on one level, I can get what happened there. But, yeah, it's it's a little bit weird. But uh, why don't we take a weird break and come back and get into... I know you had some more Twitter thoughts and tweets to dig into on today's show. So, we could have those lined up for segment three on today's Locked on Guardians. But first, a quick note from some sponsors. Okay, we are back. Why don't you take us away? Well, I didn't really have a whole lot of tweets. I was I, this was more of a it was a generic thing. I wasn't trying to call anybody out specifically, but uh, I, I did just get some tweets from people that were like, 
trying to stir like you know rumors. I you know I guess I it makes us look bad by saying stuff like this. So I don't want to necessarily call anybody out, but like because you know people listening to us and us going back and forth like this, we rely on things to talk about, like rumors, things going on. So we don't want to bite the hand that feeds. I don't know if that's the right analogy here, but like I don't know. I just get so tired of sharing the the blue check mark thing. Makes me mad because you get like I said before, you get people who are faceless and nameless on Twitter and they've bought the blue check mark and they're like, ah, sources. So-and-so is interested in so-and-so and team X is interested in so-and-so. And I know this and I, I hear this and it's like, man, I'm just so, ugh, my patience has been so tested on, on Twitter with all this stuff. I know it like before you didn't, I guess it doesn't change with the blue check mark. People were still doing it before. And I think a lot of people are just desperate for any rumors to come up and, they want stuff to discuss, and that's what we're supposed to do too. So I guess I, like I said, don't want to bite the feeds because I want people to listen to us. And for some reason, people so, care what to say. But you know, um, I just get so tired of the whole the, the things going on on Twitter, and just people. I just wish we would preach more media literacy and stop trying to stretch things and stop trying to make up things and you know make up weird rumors and just being so desperate to latch on to things. I get, I get they want the team to make moves. You want to be excited. And that's, that's all fair and good. I mean, I think we all do because we want more stuff to talk about. That's legitimate. Right. But like, we've just got to take a deep breath. Maybe I need to take a deep, deep breath. Maybe this is holding too much of my, my brain right now. I should need to, I need to let it go. My stepdad is like obsessed with the guy next door who won't, who won't rake his leaves. And it's just, he won't, he won't let it go. And I won't let this go. So I just need to step back and breathe, but it really has been annoying the crap out of me the last like couple days. No, that's all very fair. Um, you know, it is, it is the unfortunate truth that, you know, as much as we love Twitter, Twitter was made to be the, you know, who was there first. And it leads a lot of people spreading a lot of seeds, hoping that some will uh, take root uh, I did want to kind of go back to segment one and just point out. So if you wanted the exact quotes, uh, I know you talked about you didn't have them pulled up. So uh, I'm going to loop us back around just uh, quickly and uh, point out. I did want to mention that uh, the Mets picked up Carlos Carrasco's option uh, just since, you know, that was one of Cleveland's worries that they, <laughs> they would have to have that option that, you know, he was good enough uh, at the end of the day. But the exact quote was, we have every intention of trying to contend next year and trying to win a World Series, and Shane Bieber will be a big part of that for us. I'll just say he could be a big part of that by winning. He could be a big part of getting a massive trade piece as well. Like that doesn't, they could always go back and easily rotate that statement. Again, great GM speak. And then catching in this area where we'll continue to explore options. Uh, if we can find a way to add some offense and add a bat somewhere through the lineup, that's something we'll pursue as well. So that could mean, <coughs> excuse me, getting a catcher and adding another bat. It could mean the catcher and the bat are one. It could mean any number of things. And then his quote on Bo Naylor, we think he's got a chance to be a really good catcher on all sides of the game. Not really, not only really talented offensively, he does an extraordinary job of leading the pitching staff. He's motivated to make an impact with pitchers that he's taken upon himself to learn Spanish and not just the pitches, but actually learn the language that can build rapport and relationships with our Spanish speaking pitchers, which is, I know internally a huge deal. Like this is definitely an organization that pushes multilinguality, multilingality. So I think that did, you know, earn him a lot of internal praise. Um, yeah. I think the long and short of it is Antonetti is cagey. He's smart. 
and you know we'll see what they do i know everyone wants something to happen but just at the trade deadline i thought something could happen nothing's happening like the biggest trade this week is going to be something like you know maybe it's one of the relievers if someone really likes one of the relievers in cleveland's like hey better we trade them but at the same time i could also see them wanting to hold on to that stable of relievers just being like well maybe they'll pass through i i don't see a lot of things happening i don't think they're going to go out and make a trade you know they added anthony ghost to the roster uh so he's here but he's for now for now but he'll be let go when they have to go make the moves because there's no way they're keeping him there's just it would be silly he's not playing next year i will uh, say no go ahead i was gonna say just the prices so far we've seen from edwin diaz and rafael montero makes me think that teams will are going to really listen on the relievers. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we hear someone tweet about, I mean, you're going to get those tweets anyway about, you know, so-and-so has contacted the guardians about 99 or Trevor Stephan or whoever. It might even be Emmanuel Classe. They've checked in on Emmanuel Classe. I don't know. That might come out. All that stuff happens, but I wouldn't be surprised to see any exploration of relief. Cause I think, I think relief help is going to come at a really high price. So I think you'd be silly not to listen for, to trades for that because relievers are volatile. And if you have a, a really high price and you get a really great deal, you know, you do that too. I mean, I know replacing those guys is not easy, but you know, I just think that really clearly we've seen the prices so far on the free agent market. Relief help is expensive and pitching help in general is going to be expensive. Then catching will be expensive. And by the way, one of the rumors I was complaining about came from uh, a tweet about, the Cardinals being interested in Zach Plesac. So that's what, that's what mm-hmm. that came from. So I don't know. I don't know if I wouldn't even, even qualify that by talking about it, but that was, that was where it came from. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland and Cardinals have often made a lot of sense, but they really haven't done much. Like, has there been anything? I mean, not counting last week's deal, which I love Jose for That's the minorest Mercado. of deals, you know, but it's Mercado, right? That's the last deal. Whereas literally every single, you know, when Clevenger was up, uh, you know, um, Lucas, now JD is at Lockdown Cardinals and Network, both great dudes. And it's like, hey, what do you think about this? Or with with uh, Lindor, hey, what would a trade like every single trade? The Cardinals guy reaches out to me to talk about. But for whatever reason, it seems like I think St. Louis is very reticent to move pieces. Now, it is interesting. I, you know, I talked about with somebody that MLB trade piece that, uh, you know, again, a, a great, greatly, greatly written, very well written. Uh, but, you know, it's essentially MLB.com doing clickbait, but well written clickbait. But according to, I think it was Quincy who pointed out to me, Jeff Passan had said that the Cardinals are willing to trade Ty O'Neill because of all the depth they have. So I will just go back and say that would be an interesting deal from my perspective. You know, if you want a, a guy out there, uh, who is an interesting risk, interesting gamble. That's someone that, uh, if that's true, maybe, uh, you know, obviously Zach Plesak doesn't net you Ty O'Neill, but I also think it gets you closer than one expects because Ty O'Neill has essentially been healthy for one year and had one good year and only has two years left, whereas Plesak, I believe, has three, maybe four. So it, it that might be the situation where if a trade of any sort could make sense, that could be because it's the buy low that's the other thing i'll say cleveland man Anton nothing antonetti is a black friday shopper he loves deals 
He loves to buy them cheap. He loves to buy them on the low. He loves to buy them discounted. He looks at that. Hey, this has got a bent corner. Can I get 50% off? Like he is that shopper. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. He is the guy who is uh, just waiting for the store to open after it's been oh, picked yeah. through on when, when things have been picked through on black Friday. Yeah. He's ready to oh, go yeah. there and, and pick off the last one for sure. He waits to, to see the undervalue. Yeah. So I'm just saying right now we know they value defense. We know they would like to add power, you know, and just, again, this is not something we talked about before the show. So I'm being a real jerk to my co-host right now, uh, throwing him at this, but it's like Lars Notbar, Newtbar is an interesting outfielder for him. They have Nolan Gorman who might have to move to the outfield. Jordan Walker might have to move to the outfield as well. Cause Aaron Otto is staying and holding third base. Uh, and, uh, Alec Burleson just had one of the great years of any outfielding prospect, outfielding outfielder prospect. Uh, I'm blanking, you know, Tommy Edmond has spent significant time in that outfield at points for them. Uh, there is a logic to this. So now that you brought up the Cardinals, I'm just going to say it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. And again, the whole Ty O'Neill of it all, uh, uh buying cheap, potentially yeah. adding power. If it goes sideways, it's not going to, cost you a ton in terms of assets or in terms of uh, uh, overall salary. I don't see it would take a lot. I, like I, I don't even think they would trade Jordan Walker for Shane Beaver. I don't think the Cardinals need well, no. to do that, truthfully. No, well, I'm not saying Jordan Walker. I'm just saying like Ty O'Neill. I'm saying that oh, this is just yeah. asset. Just him him alone. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I Jordan Walker, I'm not Listen, I wanted them to draft him on draft day. I was pat myself on the back. I was the high man on Jordan Walker in that entire draft class by good 10 to 15 spots. Uh, You get some right, you know, and then there's Tristan Pompey to always be the one I got very wrong that I was significantly higher on. But yeah, it's a a situation. I I don't think they could get him, but Ah, Ty O'Neill, I just think uh, if there was a deal that could be something interesting, and he's he's five point one million this year. So I again, I will say the other couple of things too. We saw he had, we had somebody in uh, reply on Twitter to our last podcast asking about Gary Sanchez, and I responded, "Not going to happen. This team does not want anything to do with Gary Sanchez defensively. He has been yeah. one of the worst defensive catchers in baseball. I know there are some metrics out there that he's improved in, and." I just don't see Cleveland being interested in Gary Sanchez at all, not even as a backup. And then the other thing I wanted to point out too, that we probably already discussed Christian Walker at nauseum. The Mike Hayes and the, the GM or president of the Diamondbacks said that the Diamondbacks will probably have a, they have the flexibility for a payroll bump. Um, so that tells me that Christian Walker is not going anywhere. Not that there was any smoke anyway, but we can probably just kind of put that to bed that he's not being traded. Somebody even mentioned, well, Maybe they'll non-tender him. He's getting, you know, however much in in uh, um, arbitration. No, no. If they if they really didn't want him, they could trade him for a ton. And it seems like they want him. So we could probably stop talking about Christian Walker now. Yeah. No. So I guess now I just have to go back to Ty, Tyler O'Neill, who dating back to his Seattle days is someone that uh, I have been uh, obsessed with. And I'll point out again: in a down year, uh, three hundred thirty-four plate appearances, still had a league average bat 14 stolen bases and his 14 home runs in only 96 games would have still been top five on the guardians. I believe so. Do you I haven't still coughed wanna... all day. I haven't coughed oh. all day. Something about this podcast. 
All right. Well, before we get out of here, do you want to yeah. quickly revisit? Cause we haven't, we haven't touched on these in a while. So maybe we should throw them out there for everybody. If I can get the, the uh, sheet pulled up, hang on. Let me see if I can get it going again. Where are you? Where are you? Well, I'll just keep uh van. Here we go. Camping on Ty O'Neill. If you, if you missed it a year ago, 34 home runs while winning a gold glove and finishing top 10. That is the only time he has appeared in over a hundred games in a season. And this year at 96 was the second highest amount. So that's why I think a, a career over five years is OPS is 788. So it's been, he's been up and down. That's why I think Plesak for O'Neill gets you a decent chunk of the way there. Sure. Maybe if they're really interested. All right. Mm-hmm. So we still have to continue our wish list uh, of players you've all requested to talk about and as potential trade targets for agent targets. The uh, guys who received two requests were. Shohei Otani, where I don't think we need to put that out for a request anymore. I don't think it's happening. We could, I don't know, as a, as a fun experiment, we can do it, but it's not happening. Uh, Connor Joe and then Brandon Woodruff got two votes. So can take your trade request for Brandon Woodruff. I would love to spend a half hour talking about that. Why don't, we, why don't we just do a Brewers show? So can I make a statement? I think we've had enough requests about Renfro, about Burns, about... Uh, you know, I, I, people even ask me, I don't think they're trading their prospects. We could even discuss what it would look like if they were going to consider trading someone like a Weimer, uh, to help now. I don't think it's going to happen, but why don't we just do, I know Justin wants to do a Brewers show anyway. So why don't we just bite the bullet and do a whole Brewers related trade show? So send us offers for anyone on the Brewers. Yeah. There, so there's Brewers, Shoei Otani, Connor Joe. And then the next one was, uh, the next two are Carlos Rodon and Carlos Carrasco. Obviously, Carrasco had his option picked up, so that's not going to happen. Uh, Carlos Rodon's not happening, but I guess if you really want to send your free your your contract proposals for Carlos Rodon, feel free. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like, let's have some fun with it. You know, I think we kind of addressed a Tony in one show where we're just like it's not happening, and then we <laughs> nope. we moved on. Uh, but I want to take a moment uh, and say thank you to everyone. We are. Still in the 850s, so let's get to that 1K. Uh, I appreciate a lot of positive comments I, in the comments this weekend of people enjoying the longer shows. So, hey, we're still giving it to you. Uh, you ask and you will receive. A uh, lot of positive comments in general to people enjoying the show. So just thank you to everyone for all your positivity uh, and for liking, downloading, commenting, subscribing. Uh, all of that is huge, huge, huge and very helpful. And let's end this show the way we do everyone. Go, go, Guardians, go.